1: Hello and thanks very much for listening into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. So after the bye week we are back. Back with a bang, baby. How are you, Rocky?
2: I'm good, Sasquatch. Good to be back. Um well to be honest, it isn't good to be back. I'm back from holidays, back to the the dull monotony of life, so may as well what else better to do than do a flipping podcast?
1: Yeah, which is good because I didn't know if you were away or if you were pregnant. You are glowing on the camera here, so didn't want to ask the question and reveal your gender.
2: Well, I have uh, put on a bit of weight as well, and the memories are starting to grow. <laughs>
1: fair. fair. Um, yeah, look, may have been gone for weeks. So you may have forgotten, but it is the Trident-tested routine of around-the-ground... Four tackle, four and goal. And then the, but will be the week seven previews, which is a scary, scary yep. concept. So, as always, uh, my cantankerous nature, I like to kick it off with a stat. So, the Sasquatch stat for you this evening the 49ers were averaging 396 yards a game prior to Sunday. The Browns held them to just two hundred and fifteen. Yowza! Yowza, indeed! Um, almost half, half almost as many half years. Half their average. Yeah, No phenomenal, and they've had they've had a few high ones. They've had a few 440s. Yeah. Um, now, class so. defense. The Browns. Um, so. Yeah, and I, I think I've, I've I've them referenced in uh, later on in the show. But that's that's not why you tune in. You you want to hear the results, don't you, big boy? Um, kicking off. Serenade week us. six. Yeah, apologies for the big boy. Uh, wildly inappropriate. The Chiefs are life open and over. <laughs> the Chiefs opened up victors against the Broncos, nineteen eight. Ravens in London put the Titans to sword twenty four twenty twenty four sixteen rather. Commanders overcame the Falcons 24-16, Vikings 19, Bears 13. Seahawks fell to the Bengals, Bengals 17, Seahawks 13. As we mentioned, the Browns ended the streak 19-17 against the 49ers. This season surprise package, the Texans overcame the Saints 20 points to 13. The Colts fell victim to the Jaguars 37 points to 20. Dolphins put the Panthers as expected to the Sword 42 points to 21 Raiders overcame the Patriots 21 points to 17. The second uh, unbeaten streak came to an end uh, as the Jets overcame the Eagles 20 points to 14. The Rams put the Cardinals, who seem to be getting to where we expect them to be, 26 points to 9. Lions overcame the Buccaneers 20 points to 6. The Bills overcame the Giants in what was a dour Sunday night football game, 14 points to 9. And just last night, the Cowboys put the Chargers to the sword, twenty points to seventeen. Any of those scores catch your eye?
2: Well, not to show the bias, but I, I suppose maybe the two undefeated teams um, uh, maybe one you might consider more concerning than the other, which we'll get to later on. Um, a few different different scores. Certainly, the 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 London game, Ravens Titans. I sent the old brother off packing to, to that game in person. Um, looked like it was going to shape up for a blowout, but uh, Titans kind of rallied back, but then the the Ravens held them off. But Tannehill sort of went out injured, and Malik Willis mm-hmm. came in. So their sit se- their season was already I don't know if you want to call it over, but if this is an an extended injury, uh, Malik Willis looked okay, but. Like what a disaster season for the Titans. Um the, the that's, Titans, that's yeah. the game at the, the forefront of my mind. We'll have to we'll discuss them as they go on and, and probably the 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 Texans kind of really mm. kinda of re reforging in a new image, kinda of being putrid for a couple of years and now actually looking maybe not good, maybe you wouldn't call them good just yet, but Jesus, they're not far off it.
1: Well, like that segues us nicely into Fort and Goal. It's myself to deputise, and the first topic of conversation for you, Rocky. Mm. Call off the search. The race for Coach of the Year is over. It's D'Amico Ryan, and it's not even close.
2: Discuss.
1: Uh, I dis. I sorry. I agree
2: with you. I think. Uh, if you were to look at this, you, you want to be looking at either first-year head coaches who are sort of going to have a great year, or you're looking at the, the coaches with great records. Uh, so just to run quickly through the five first-time or new head coaches that were hired this year. Frank Reich in Carolina, he's not in the running. Sean Payton uh, with the Broncos, not in the running. Uh, Jonathan Gannon and the Cardinals, certainly a bit of a surprise to start the season, but I don't think he's in the running there. Uh, Shane Steichen again did have the Colts looking a bit scrappier and a bit readier than most people thought they would be. But again, you can't say he's favored over D'Amico Ryans. And that's that that's the last of the five new hires this year is is Demico Ryans and the Texans playing a blinder so far. Mm. Um Yeah. If you wanted to, to look at and kind at of the teams with the good records, you know, you know, if, if a team runs the gauntlet, the likes of Shanahan. Um, you know, if he goes, I don't know, sixteen and one, fifteen and two, he's he's probably in the end of I think, running.
1: I think ultimately it's a bit like MVP, it can be a bit of a narrative ward and there's also a great equaliser in that. Like you you just look at the roster, say I'm including ourselves in this. 49ers, the Eagles, like that roster is, they're stacked and yet sometimes you kind of wonder to what level is good coaching a factor and to what level is it just the roster is that good, Get get, get them to the pitch on time and you should be good most days, the Chiefs, Arguably, Andy Reid should have won more Coach of the years than he has. Um, But look, largely led by what is the best quarterback in the league at present, Patrick Mahomes. And I just think for D'Amico Ryan, Ryan's rather, uh, we had such low expectations for the Texans. um, And we basically said this year is all about building the culture. And I think he smashed it out the park. Even if they don't make the playoffs, already what they've produced is is much in a way above kind of expectation. I just think he's done a phenomenal job. And to factor in he, he's doing it with a rookie quarterback. Now I do think they've smashed it out the park um, in CJ Stroud. I think there was probably wasn't the confidence level in CJ Stroud. We've seen another High end draft picks. I think there was a lot of people like concerns about uh, IQs and stuff. I think I seem to recall. That's right. There up, was
2: that uh, um, ah, the name escapes me, but that sort of cognitive uh, aptitude test that quarterbacks mm. do, and he he bombed his scores. I think they were almost mm. single digits compared to the some of the other quarterbacks, Bryce Young, um, and I think Anthony Richardson. Also, score. I think CJ had one of the lower ones of all of the mm. rookie quarterbacks. So, really, sort of gonna, <laughs> I suppose, destroy the confidence general managers might have in that test as a measure for absolutely for determining uh, which quarterback to draft.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, I think if you're a Texans fan, you've You've woke up in dreamland, I think, Uh, especially when you compare it to what your expectations may have been and what they have been going into a season since kind of maybe the prime years of Deshaun Watson's tenure. And the timer has gone, so...
2: Just a quick, before we do move on, um, because I know we're going to be recouping some time with one of my points later on. Um, But it's nice for Texans fans because they felt a little bit hamstrung going into next year's draft because obviously they used one of next year's picks to pick Will Anderson you know who's maybe not going to be uh, you know worthy of a top five pick but he's going to be a good player it seems so it, mm. it is nice to see these things sort of coming together rather than going into next year without the first round draft pick and desperately needing one
1: mm. Fair.
2: Um. so I guess I'll talk a little bit now Um, The Lions are tied for the best record in the NFC and the NFL in its entirety. Should we start taking them seriously? And that's a bit disrespectful, the way I ask that. I think we were taking them seriously prior to this. But are they, you know, in the second top tier? Are they in the top tier this year? Because uh, Jared Goff, I think, (sighs) is is doing exactly what he needs to do. And the defense is playing.
1: I well. think. I think someone said this. I can't remember who it was. I think it was like a. I'll tell you what it was. It was. A, I think ESPN every day, every Monday, do a is an overreaction, isn't an overreaction type segment? And um, large in the social media channels, or whatever. But it was not an overreaction, <laughs> and the comment was, "This is the best Detroit Lions team you've ever seen, regardless of how old you are." and I think that sums it up for me uh, I think in terms of their standing in the league they are there's a there's obviously a plethora of sides now at 5-1 and one. Um, and I think it's just a larger elite class than we probably thought a few weeks gone by I think last week it definitely showed the failings of Brock Purdy it probably for our people who aren't watching every game closely kind of showed the failings maybe that the Eagles have shown um, albeit the results have gone their way in recent weeks and I, I don't think there is this huge difference in quality level among all those 5-1 teams I think they all have different strengths and and different weaknesses yeah I I, the the Lions slot in there
2: I think so I think you're you're absolutely right Um, I might throw a hot take out there because of some injuries sustained by you know the previously undefeated teams by the Niners and the Eagles over the next month or so I think the Detroit Lions might look like the team to beat Um, obviously Mm -hmm. the 49ers sustained injuries to Christian McCaffrey Debo Samuel the Eagles to Blaine Johnson and almost their entire starting secondary uh, except for uh, James Bradbury so if the Lions can sort of maintain their, their consistency what they're doing now and provided they're not re- or or de- derailed by by injuries. I think they could be the team that everybody says I don't want to meet see them in the in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think badly needed in the NFC. I think when you, when you look last year, the NFC was was quite weak. Um I think you you now have four legitimate anyway, I think heavyweights in the NFC and in the 49ers the Eagles, the Lions, and look, the jury's probably still out on the Cowboys, um, given the beat down the 49ers gave them. But yeah, absolutely, I think, I just think it's very, it's very equal. And you look to a side like the Chargers, we've brought them up quite a few times. I think roster-wise and talent-wise, they have it. I think where they're lacking is probably coaching. I think there's, there's a lot of sides at a similar level.
2: Yeah, I, I think a lot of the um, the talk prior to the season was the disparity in talent. It's going to happen over the last few off seasons. A lot of NFC stars going over to the AFC, and there was supposed to be this disparity of talent. And maybe there is, but not between the top teams of either conference. It's probably in the, you know, the third to eight best teams in the conference or or maybe fourth in in the case of the nfc um mm-hmm. like the top of the nfc is just it's it's got it's loaded with stairs they're you know probably the best record if we totted it up obviously between the three uh, nfc teams at five and one there um but obviously just circling back now just to, to bring it back to the lions i think absolutely that um, they are top tier dwellers
1: yeah I think the the only thing that might potentially derail them this season is the lack of playoff experience I think that's all that's going to derail them if they make like I'm assuming they will pretty much bolted on for me to make the playoffs the lack of experience in the playoff situation might be a factor but if it's if, if they can get over that hurdle this year if they can't get over that hurdle this year rather, I think next year. Um we'll see the fruition of Dan Campbell's plan.
2: Yeah, that's a good point as well. Um but obviously their quarterback by Jared Goff who took them to the Super mm. Bowl uh was it five years ago now, Super Bowl fifty three. Um but you're right, the rest of the team is young. And we'll see what happens. They're guaranteed for a playoff spot now. They'll almost certainly top their division. We'll just see if they're going to get a round one by, Or whether they're going to um, have to be tested in the wildcard round.
1: Anyway, moving on. I suppose it's another one of these kind of talk me down comments. But uh, I suppose outside of head coach. And that's obviously a nod to D'Amico the best addition to an organisation this off-season has been Jim Swartz tell me I'm wrong it's a very aggressive tell me I'm wrong it's truly mm, very aggressive.
2: I'm trying to think of contenders yeah I think prior to the season we kind of said Vic Fangio in Miami um, maybe we haven't seen you know the fruits of, of that you know and um, Because... No. It's the offense that's the the front-runner in in Miami. But you're right, we've seen this Browns' defense. You know, they mightn't have the record to back it up. Um, They obviously have issues with their quarterback. But their defense is no weak spot. Um,
1: They... Look, for me, they... i give a nod to it in in the Sasquatch that they just completely nullified what has been at the very least the second most explosive offense this season dolphins are obviously probably the most explosive but i think it's a debate um to kind of show you how close they are and um, i know they've had a few injuries but to consider they were down their starting choice like they, the quarterback at the weekend was an xfl quarterback and Let's not forget the foreigners are, are no joke on defense either. Um, but just a quick one on that Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio defenses take a while to bet in, so maybe I could be I could be eating my words. uh once the key piece returns, I suppose in Jalen Ramsey, but yeah, look, maybe that's one to, to nod. But in, in, like I don't even think a free agent signing has had the impact that Jim Schwartz has had overnight.
2: No, a couple of names just to throw in again. I don't think, I think Jim Schwartz is, is a, a head above these guys, uh, but Drew Petsing, the OC in, in Arizona, I think he's been getting a good bit of praise and justifiably. So he's making Josh Dobbs look, you know, obviously he's been exposed for what he is probably like a mid to high level backup. Um, but they have looked absolutely scrappy at times. Um I think Bill O'Brien, I think, might have been a candidate before the season, but again, New England look absolutely um putrid everywhere. Um Eric Bienemy, I think, has the Washington Commanders at times looking a bit spicy. Um, again, we're yeah. not talking the same stratosphere as what Jim Schwartz is doing. Uh, in cleveland and um, there's sort of the big names i'm mean, like uh, another big name before the season was um brian flores in washington or minnesota uh, i think the criticism of that team is that they don't have the defensive personnel for for flores to flourish um and another big name is obviously the replacement for D'Amico Rines in San Fran which was Steve Wilkes who kind of took over for the Carolina head job midway through last year straight into the DC position in San Fran and he has them playing well Um, Mm. it it may be not as obvious because San Fran has had a great run off um, defensive coordinators so it's just been consistently good so you're not seeing the um, the, the highlights yeah, the, that, that yeah. Schwartz is bringing to to Cleveland sure any more on that one
1: mm-hmm. no I'm, I'm happy enough Um, probably was feeling a bit robust when I sent you over my points and it's kind of dawned on me that it might be a slightly early take uh,
2: to be honest now that suits me because uh, I didn't actually get to watch a lot of week five. I was only watching Scraps and now watching kind of week six there after my flight back home. So I kind of feel like I'm running on fumes and kind of trying to piece everything together. And it's We'll see. We'll see how we get on. Fair. Solid. All right. Question for you. This question has sort of been slowly evolving as the weeks go on, but... Who is the worst team now, currently? Obviously, the big names, the Panthers, Patriots, Giants, or Broncos. Um, But to kind of just deviate on this question that we've asked before, what's the, or your opinion, on the security of the head coach, general manager, duo? Who's in danger? Who ain't?
1: Who ain't? I think uh, the scariest... The person who should be most afraid on that list is probably Frank Reich. Um, if things don't improve drastically, I think his time in the NFL is done. Uh, he just... <laughs> you, you get X amount of opportunities. It, it didn't work in Indy, really. Mm. If it doesn't work here, I think he could be done, unfortunately for, for Frank. And maybe, look, he needs to go back to being an offensive coordinator. And look Ultimately, that's the thing a lot of people need to realize. Is if you're good as a coordinator, maybe you need to just stay as a coordinator. And maybe Eric Biennemi understands that. And that's why he was happy to take over as offensive coordinator for the commanders. Patriots, I just... I I struggle, no matter how bad things get, to consider they will ever relieve Bill Belichick of his duties. The Giants, it's not going well well right now but I think Dayball has enough cred from last year
2: yeah he's got enough goodwill from I think the the front office probably New York as well fans I mean yeah
1: yeah and I think and I think ultimately people have just come to the realisation that last season was an anomaly by Daniel Jones and he is what he is and contract year and look we everyone could call it that like look it's in, like last year like I think we would have been quite I mean, we're not the only ones who are saying like this is an anomaly of a year this is not who he is and he tied him for a monster contract you've really got to question the back office of the Giants um but for me it's the Broncos for a number of factors one they're paying big money for both that roster and that coaching ticket they're not delivering there's also rumour that, despite only been t- bought over, that that team could be up for sale for sale again. I don't know if you, you read these reports during the week, but the ownership group that, that bought it are already exploring options to sell already. So, I didn't see one, this.
2: That's pretty concerning there.
1: One, if they do sell it, a new ownership group is not is like will want to run the blade through it two if they do stay they've invested in this big new shiny sporting franchise they probably want it to be successful and what's also a factor which a lot of people don't talk about is the denver nuggets are in a very good space uh the denver nuggets obviously are the nba the current nba champions so while they're not owned by the same organization um Denver is a city, is a small sports market, and you you can't afford to kind of lose out. I think you've got, uh, obviously, the Broncos, Denver Nuggets. I think the only other uh, major sporting organization is the Colorado Avalanche, which is an NHL team. Well, they have the the Uh, Rockies
2: as well, the baseball team.
1: I'm sorry. Apologies. So, it's a small market, and you have four major sporting franchises. You can't afford to be bottom of the pile.
2: So. Yes, um, and look. You obviously you've you stated the case there for the Nuggets. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not a aficionado of the NHL. I think the Col- the Rockies are certainly not in a in a great spot. But but I think the Broncos are really at the bedrock, the bottom of the mm-hmm. barrel. Um, I think we're going to see we're going to see one of the most totalitarian rebuilds of all time we're gonna see everything i think sold off and and built in you because nothing's working at this stage they've got some good players here and there but what is good isn't working it's not meshing so it's this team shouldn't be this bad for for how much it's paying to some of its players
1: no, and like, like, to show you how bad it's been, I've I've always been quite high on Sean Payton as a coach. I, in six weeks, um, and some dodgy off-season comments, I've completely disregarded the last fifteen years of evidence. Um.
2: Yeah, I'm like. He's obviously he he's obviously a good coach, but. Clearly, he's not good enough to to have it a, an impact, you know, independent to the quarterback. Obviously, he had Drew Brees for all of those years, and it's clear that he didn't make Drew Brees. Um, even though he has he has whatever permutation of Russell Wilson this is, but um, yeah, he's certain his stock is certainly taken a a a dip. Yeah,
1: I think it's time to. <laughs> admit you got swindled by the Seahawks and I think so take him out to Pacha before you
2: Pete Carroll looking a bit a bit more like a genius Oslo that was the thing they a lot of people praised Belichick for years ago kind of trading and selling players early you know before mm. they you know they really dropped off maybe still with a couple of good years um, and that's what Pete Carroll has done here to at
1: mm-hmm. T Oh, just in time. Um, but yeah, look, I think, I think the Broncos are, already, kind of a victim of, some cost fallacy, but, mm-hmm. well, maybe something more positive. Um, I suppose it, look, it's a small sample size as we mentioned, but six weeks through, and for all the listeners out there who obviously can't see us, we are touching every piece of wood in sight. But as two have proven, he's built to last. Has he has he proven that he is the guy in Miami moving forward? Or is it still too early to to make that call? Not
2: for me. I think um the sturdy's gotten off to this year. Mirror's the sturdy got off to in the first three games of last year, prior to suffering, you know, that flurry of concussions. Um again, until we see the departure of you know the likes of absolute speedsters on the team Tyreek, Jalen Model, Raheem Mostert and of course now Devon Achan um, there will always probably be questions you know as to is it Tua or is it you know it's all, is it all his receivers making plays uh, but obviously we can answer that now but and Tua is doing everything he needs to um He's able Mm -hmm. to get the ball out quickly. He's able to get the ball to um, Tyreek and Jalen for good yak plays, supported Mm -hmm. by a great run game that they didn't have last year. The, The question's always been his durability. He had that hip issue in college.
0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: Concussions last year. But the hip doesn't seem to be a lingering issue. Um, No. Course, he's not you know as mobile as some of the other young whippersnappers his age, but he doesn't look uncomfortable moving around. I think he's, I think he's, he's for real.
1: You think he's a long term option in Miami?
2: Yeah, I think he is. Um, you know, obviously, you know, notwithstanding any freak accidents or anything that that's that can't be predicted. Um
1: No, and and I suppose, look, it's a physical game. It's a bang-bang game. Um, Look, we we, we know Christian McCaffrey's injury history. And even though he's a running back, we still take a chance on him. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I suppose, for me anyway, he is... He's the guy in Miami long term. Um, And hopefully, touch wood again. More further injuries, so look, we, we wish him well on the huddles and stuff. Yeah, podcast.
2: yeah, I suppose you could say that. Fair. Big fan of Tua, Fair. all right. Uh, we'll talk about another fellow we're a big fan of. And this is going to be a quick segment because it is um, the sexiest part of the NFL, and we don't want our audience to blow their collective load if we talk about it for too long. And um, so. We're going to have a brief check-in on Ireland's Daniel Whelan and where he ranks among the league's punters. Just a reminder for everybody out there who obviously remembers, uh, but Daniel Whelan is the punter for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think he was in the uh, XFL last year and is being drafted for the NFL. This being his rookie season. Good man. Um, So I've got four stats here. The last one you might argue is a little bit tenuous. But um, I have, of all of the average punts, I've looked at the median average punt and where, and and what Daniel's is. So we can see how far above or below the median value that he is. So the median average punt is 47.7 yards. It's close to flipping the field, you know, close to 50 yards. And Daniel is, is 47.5 you know it still sounds good but he is below average there um the next uh stat i have here is net yards per punt so again this factors in return yards so you know less return yards there, or a net return close to their their average punt would indicate that you know they you know they they would limit opportunities for returns by kicking it high or it's also a product of the special teams so none of these stats are you know that's why you don't see a, a lot of punting metrics because it's dependent on so many factors including weather including you know uh, how special teams are dialed up um but the median median net yards per punt is 41 and yards per punt and daniel is again underneath that metric at 38.1 so another couple of yards underneath that one um, um another stat here is on punts inside the opposition's 20 yard line Um. most punters are at around the eight mark daniel's only at four and that's what about um, Thirty, uh, about thirty punts. So, his he's not not really specialising the owl pin it deep uh, punts. And just to, to recap on this tenuous stat here, um, he's Anders Carlson is the place kicker for the Packers, and obviously punters a good for, uh an important function of them is the holding on field goal kicks, and Anders is seven for seven so. If you want to draw a positive, because most of his other stats are slightly below the average value, he's he's good at holding the ball on field goals. Um, Good. I think if you.
1: I I always thought that was third choice quarterback.
2: I think they changed that. I think they changed it. um, Soon after, you know that that play you see with Tony Romo. if you were to look on the, the Green Bay Packers subreddit and you search for Daniel Whelan, you won't find anything within the last four weeks. So he's not generating generating a lot of buzz, but that's generally a decent sign for punters. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the other problems on Green Bay are generally, you know, maybe covering up his slightly lacklustre play.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um. Jeez, did I squeeze four
2: minutes out of that? Jesus!
1: Who said punting wasn't sexy?
2: There you go. That's that's what people come here for.
1: Yeah. Um, this was final one for me, and it's more it's it's quite an airy fairy one. It's not too um, state of play dependent, but it's more long term vision. Um, so I suppose we've had our London games. We're now headed to Deutschland. We've also had Mexico in the past. Where do you see as the next logical place for the NFL to try and build a fan base? And I might preface this by giving you mine. Go. So mine is Australia. I agree. Yeah. It's quite far afield for us, but for the west coast of America, it's a convenient time. I think they've had a significant uptake in that sexy place, punters. Um, recruitment to coming from the AFL via the international programme I think NFL scouts like the fact they get an athlete as well as a punter Um, so yeah I think if I was in Goodell's office that's where I'd be aiming for next expansion you'd probably have the stadia uh, already in situ as well
2: yeah no I think uh, Australia is a great shade yeah as you say because we've seen a lot of Aussies being recruited into the league, um, not just punters. Our own Jordan Malala um, yeah,
1: former league convert, yeah.
2: Yep. Um, I think that's a good shout. I think I saw reports that Madrid is also on the cards over the next couple of years. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that they they grow the brand in Europe prior to to Mm. opening up you know far-flung new markets because obviously um the the time difference between pacific time and the time zone on western or eastern australia is you know it's probably still six hours or five hours or so um
1: yeah which which look considering there's what an 8 a.m that the london game works out as an 8 a.m kickoff i think
2: Oh, yeah, look, it's it's not a, a huge realm of difference. It's just that the, it's tried and tested when the teams hmm. travel uh, east. Um, I think Madrid is a good one. I think before long, there's a chance we could see it in Canada.
1: Um, that's the strange one for me. That that's not... I suppose we already have a CFL, so what's the... What's the ROI for the NFL? Basically, they already have a talent pool. They can, like you look at players like Chase Claypool, who who are Canadian-born and bred. Um, I think they've they've probably reached the saturation point in Canada.
2: Yeah, possibly. Um, I suppose the Canadian Football League doesn't really compete for, with the NFL uh, during events. Um. One, one far-flung I will throw out there, and it is probably much further down the line than Madrid, um, whatever, Sydney or, or Melbourne, uh, is possibly Abuja, Nigeria. Because the NFL has started awarding marketing contracts for a lot of African countries. And we, we are seeing a lot of M- NFL players... Who are starting to celebrate their, you know, their ancestry or their, you know, place of origin. So again, I'm not saying in two or three year time we'll all be booking trips to Lagos, or and going to the, uh, or maybe Lagos, maybe might be might be the city that's chosen in Nigeria.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's actually not a bad ship Something that would never have considered. I think if, um, if we see
2: the NFL start to grow their brand, I think that's where it'll happen. In Africa, obviously.
0: Sure.
1: Cool. And I suppose best until last.
2: Best until last. No remaining undefeated teams. We did sort of touch earlier on the 49ers. And their loss was more to do with the excellent defense of the Browns. Mm. Um, the Eagles... Kind of suffered a really ugly loss. Kind of imploded. So. Yes. What is the state of affairs? Give me your take.
1: My take is it's been coming. Um, I suppose the, the... I think the last few weeks. They have kind of worn ugly. But have been... Overly convincing. I think... It's probably the first real game I've seen... bar. Bar maybe the playoff fixture against the Buccaneers in year one for Jalen Hurts Where I've seen him struggle. I would preface that by saying he struggled late. He didn't struggle throughout the game. There was a lot of drops. And I I do think there's an element of a loser's Super Bowl hangover. Um, so I, I just think things aren't fully clicking. A lot of injuries. And injuries in, in places where we don't have a huge amount of depth. So, yeah. I think we're probably over-reliant on the run game. Um, I know, obviously, the touch push the brutally shove commands the headlines. But we have been very reliant on DeAndre Swift. I, thought, I think he's had a great season as well. But I haven't seen the bang-bang over-the-top plays this year that we've seen from Jalen Hurts last year. Bear in mind he does have an exceptional wide-receiving duo at his disposal. And I, 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 I struggle to recall enough occasions that would fill a hand um, from Devontae Smith this season. I, I, can, I can recall enough from A.J. Brown, but that's a wide-receiving duo. There's maybe one or two games where I've seen Dallas got it as a factor, and the Rams game definitely springs to mind, but... I just think it, it's a little bit off. It's not a million miles off where it needs to be. I think that might just be the wake-up call they needed to... Maybe they kind of thought, let's, I don't know, um, like we're good enough to make the playoffs. Let's just get there and deal with it then. Whereas maybe that, that was the early enough loss that they kind of needed to turn the screw maybe I'm wrong
2: yeah I'm I'm usually a, a doom and gloomer particularly when you suffer a loss this badly um, mm. but I think and I said it to you I think the day after so that would have been yesterday um, it it was a bit reminiscent of the loss Philadelphia had to Washington last year the when they were undefeated um, it just it felt like everything was going wrong, um, so they went into the into halftime. I think it was fourteen nine at that stage. Um, so they had scored two touchdowns, um, but two drives were were essentially ended early. There was that Goddard Goddard um, bubbled pass that led to an interception, and there was the Swift fumble. So obviously you don't say they're freak accidents like that's it's poor form on the Eagles and good execution on the Jets and I'm not trying to take anything away from the Jets I think no. there was a just a real cacophony of bad luck happening for the Eagles. So those two um, bad luck and but but I
1: think the bad luck is, is just poor delivery like ultimately Jalen Hurts touchdown should not have stood either. Op- the opening touchdown? Really shouldn't have started on I
2: I'm surprised they didn't award it and then they then they did um mm. I I to me I thought it was in but when they didn't when they ruled it short I said right there's no way that's a that's a touch then and then I thought that was a big surprise um fair but um like we've seen the Eagles' defense show up. I think the Eagles are top ten in the league in points per game, and they have a very low red zone rate. So I think if they got that fixed up, people would have a similar opinion of the Eagles this year, this year, than they do last year. My concern going forward is all the injuries in the secondary.
1: Mm, fair. Um. Fair, and it, it it don't get easy this week. I'll tell you that. No, much. sir. Um, very much could be headed to two on the bounce if anybody
2: gets showed and fried whenever the Eagles lose and they like listening to us moan about what went wrong well you might be in luck next week again Um, it looks like it might be difficult to ask for the Eagles to slow down the Dolphins Yeah,
1: fair but look that that segues is lovely Um, to the week 7 previews Um, not going to spend a whole heap of time Introduced. We have six teams on a bye. So it's a it's a shorter calendar than normal. Uh, opening up Thursday night football, the returning Jags from a from a double week in, in London and then a, a, a comprehensive enough victory at the weekend. Uh, they face off against the Saints on Thursday night football. The Texans were good on the weekend, the Saints were brutal. I, I think the Saints are just not a good team right now um, so for me it's the Jags who seem to be building a bit of form we had concerns at the start of the season those concerns have kind of been put to bed in recent weeks Jags for me
2: yeah um, again I'm going to keep things short because I didn't get to watch a lot of these games in depth and to sort of place where they are in my mind um, but the Jags are three point underdogs here which is a bit strange. sounds a bit strange to me Um.
1: Very strange.
2: I'd recommend, if anybody is making picks, fan, fantasy football or just making bets, just obviously check injury reports. But yeah, otherwise I would side with the Jags. Mm.
1: Uh,
2: the next sure. next game of the week is the Detroit Ly- Lions traveling to Baltimore. Baltimore are three-point favorites. Again, a bit surprising to me. Oh, Phil. Oh, Phil. But three points with tell me that these teams would be evens on a neutral field. And I would have the Lions probably a peck above the Ravens. See what I did there?
0: I think a lot
1: of people still expect the Lions to have a Josh Allen game in them. The only euphemism I can find.
2: Yeah. Every team will have one of those or two of those or more of those games a season. I just find it difficult to to justify that spread. But anyway, mm. I'm gonna have to take the Lions here. I think they're playing fab football.
1: I think styles make fights and for me I actually agree with the spread. Okay. I'm lock locking off the Ravens. Uh the only factor for me actually is is probably the travel the Ravens coming back from. From London, mm-hmm. that's the only factor for me. But I actually favor the, favor the Ravens in this one. Uh, next up, this is a this is a miss. This is a if it's on red zone and you have red zone on in the background, it's fine. Uh, if you want to maybe watch the ten minute highlights on YouTube the day after, this is fine. But Raiders Falcons, I'm gonna have to I jump in uh, here. I'm
2: um, over my good friend Sasquatch here. It's actually the Raiders at the Bears.
1: Raiders and the Bears.
2: Yep. All that good work you do Excellent. prior to these episodes.
1: Yeah, that that's that shows my fatigue levels. We all make um, mistakes. Yeah, I I'd be in agreement then. Sorry, it's it's still the same. I'd still avoid <laughs> it. Justin <laughs> Fields meant to be due or injured. Devontae Adams is not tracking well. Yeah, give this one a miss too. But I'm back in the Bears for beloved friend of the show keith that's it
2: bears are three point underdogs at home um i don't get it but yeah we'll, we'll throw keith a, a leg support there come on the bears Boo, bears fair uh next game is the browns at the colts the browns are two point favorites uh i think anthony Richardson. in it um, we advised him early on, like Sasquatch, to avoid taking injuries, but he wouldn't listen to us. So there was concern about a potential season-ending injury for for Anthony Richardson, and obviously Gardner Minshew will get the start. Didn't look so hot. I'm gonna go with the the Browns here, two-point favorites. I don't understand that either. A lot of narrower spreads here than I thought there would be.
1: Fair. Fair. Um I'd be in agreement. Um next up a divisional matchup. Bills, Patriots. I'm not gonna spend an awful lot of time here. No. Bills.
2: Eight and a half point favourites, the Bills are. I think enough said. Just he can't get behind the Patriots.
1: In any shape or form.
2: I know it's a divisional game and even still. No confidence. Uh, Bill Belichick has used up all of his um, clout. I think it doesn't really have any yeah. staying power. I don't think. Um, next game is the Commanders at the Giants. Um, Commanders are two point favorites. Obviously, the Giants put up a nice game against the Bills. Um, I struggle to see that maintaining. So I'll go with the Commanders here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very meh, meh fixture list this week. It is. So, um, as, as mentioned by my good friend Rocky, the Falcons are not playing the Raiders because they have to play the Buccaneers. And despite the fact they were somewhat disappointed on the weekend, I'm going to back up the bu- Buccaneers in this. I think, largely speaking, it's been a good performing season. I think Baker's been a bit of a hit in Tampa. I think defensively they're good. Got some good weapons. I'm just not convinced by Desmond Ritter. Um, despite the weapons, the Falcons have on their disposal. So I'm, I'm backing up the, the books. I don't know what the spread is, but I kind of give them six points.
2: The spread S- is... I had it there. Two and a half point. Bucks are favourites. Yeah, i take that as well. Yeah. For Ritter, who was drafted in the third round i th- i think i don't know why they have him on such a long leash like just get taylor heineke out there um
1: don't get it get i don't just get it can't either wrap my head around it I
2: mean, like they have such a good supporting cast around him, and he's just not delivering um but yeah and i think the books are good they're just not in the same tier as the top teams mm-hmm. uh, as we saw last week against detroit but i do think they're a, a good a decent team so yeah focus uh, the next game is the Cardinals in Seattle against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are eight-point favorites. Um. Again, I obviously do think the F- Seahawks will win, but I would be tempted to sprinkle on that eight points um, just because the, the uh, Cardinals have been a, a bit scrappy.
1: Yeah, I think... I think that's a, a spread I would have expected like week one had these sides faced off. Yeah, it's a it seems I, a
2: little bit inflated just for how scrappy we've seen them.
1: Yeah, it seems a bit disrespectful. Um. So yeah, I've been I I I back the Seahawks to win, but I'm not touching that spread. Um. Next up, the somewhat scrappy Steelers, the somewhat disappointing Steelers, against I can't say a surprise package, but site it's definitely above uh, expectations in the the la rams i think home field advantage not that it's a cauldron i think yeah rams for me in this one um it's going to be interesting to see how this new tandem of cooper cup and buka nuka kind of develops um
2: yeah yeah i agree rams are three-point favorites at home don't I see much going for it's very very disappointing uh, talk about disappointing again this is the disappointment bowl is the packers in denver packers are one point favorites i had high, much higher hopes for jordan love and the packers at the start of the season and even still they have my confidence in this game like just sean payton and russell wilson is just putrid it's just not working together so i'm gonna stick with the packers here
1: same moving on look it's gonna be a great game it's two high powered explosive quarterbacks it's Chargers Chiefs I just think kinda know what to expect from the Chargers Um, I think the Chiefs would just be too good for them Uh, not shocked if Justin Herbert pulls off the upset but I just think uh, unlikely now as I suppose the the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes tandem comes to full maturity, and continues their domination, of the NFL. Um, so yeah, I think Chiefs to win by whatever margin, just they'll find a way to win.
2: Yeah, Chiefs five and a half point favorites. Um, I think I take them here. Just Chargers so disappointing. I think we'll see a. a coach change at the end of the year uh, as alluded to earlier on the Dolphins will be travelling to Philadelphia I beg you to try and guess the point spread on this one what do you think it is? what do you think the bookies said this as?
1: I think it, it'll be disrespectful to whom? I think it'll be in favour of the Dolphins will it?
2: no, wrong the Eagles are one and a half point favourites. That's mind blowing to me. I'll be taking I think the Dolphins will win this game. I disagree. Okay.
1: I disagree. A prime time slot in Lincoln financial field. It's a great equaliser. Also the Dolphins just Look I still think there's a soft underbelly. It's good if they've looked.
2: I just think the Eagles wounded secondary it. versus Miami's passing attack. Look, I agree with you. If, if the Eagles were healthy, I think this would be a team that would slow Miami down. But Jesus, I can't see Miami, you know, not scoring at will.
1: Fair. Um, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. But you are. I just think there's there's. Well, I am because there's still a fair bit. Like, a chain is going to be out. Tyree Kill is questionable. Xavier Howard is is, is questionable. Um, I think there's enough missing from the potentially missing from the Dolphins whereas even still a lot of those Eagles injuries are they're day to day they're still questionable they're not officially out that's Blake and Chip uh, Lane Johnson Robbie and Nichols like I think this game could swing depending on injury reports throughout the week
2: hopefully um Slay and Jalen Carter playing this game. And that would indicate that would certainly bring it closer to me, but just I for me it's the Dolphins all day in this one.
1: Fair. Okay. Okay. Um and the final game in the fixture. I wouldn't stay up late for it. It's Monday night football. Look, obviously Debo's day today, McCaffrey's going for an MRI today. But I still think the 49ers have enough to beat the Vikings, I don't think they're going to get caught out twice. I think that's, that's a huge element to these things. Like, these, the like that game is a massive banana skin for the 49ers, but it's not a banana skin on the back of a defeat. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, 49ers are seven-point favourites. As you say, the two lads are injured. They still have Ayuk. I still think they can get it done. i take the 49ers mm. and the points here. I mean, like Vikings are missing uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, so it's not as if they're not hurting
1: fair. but look I suppose that concludes this week's episode uh, We, I think fair to say we for one reason or another we we rolled through that one I don't think it was as aggressive as we'd like we'll be back better and stronger and well rested next week I think
2: yeah well I'll be able to pay a bit more attention now to the actual games and Speak with confidence and set pussyfoot in the rain, man.
1: That's all from me.
2: And that's all from me.
1: Thank you, and good night.
0: some people in the end zone right Joe? That's exactly right. I mean there's nobody inside the 10. Get back guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown. No. No. The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play.